0: You have tuned into the Hot Takes Podcast with Lawrence Henderson, aka Boss, and special guest. Be ready to be inspired, encouraged, and ready to take action. All right, everyone, thank you once again for joining us on Hot Takes, where we're always humble, open, and transparent. And I'm Lawrence Henderson with Business Operational Support Services, LLC. AKA Pulse. And I have the awesome, awesome pleasure of having Brenda with me here today. And before we get into that topic of ours today, I'm gonna allow Brenda to introduce herself to you.
1: Uh, Lawrence, I'm so happy to be with you today. I was so looking forward to this. Thanks again for inviting me. Tell me a little bit about yourself. I get that question a lot. And so I've come up with this sort of tagline that, I help people break out of prison. Mm. And so once that sort of uh, is passed, then I let people know. What I really do as a leadership and executive coach is I help people to sort of break out of the self-imposed prisons that we put on ourselves in our minds so that they can become the best version of themselves, Mm. whether that's for home or work. Um, their community, wherever it is. So yeah. I've been a coach since about 2015. That's when I became certified. I'm also a, credentialed with the ICF, and it's been a wonderful journey helping people.
0: Oh my gosh, I love that. I love that description. <laughs> helping people break out. Oh, Breaking I love out it. Out of
1: prison. Yeah. There we go. Always <laughs> you know do- get the second look. You know, when you say <laughs> that people <are> like what. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh you're gonna have you gonna have the most tune-ins ever people trying to be like how did they did she give the secret yet to how to get out of here uh that is so awesome and so today I want to I want to venture down a road with you because you talk about leadership uh development and that leadership because it's an overused thing it's it's almost uh played it run its course but you have something out there that you love to discuss and it's the short-lived opportunity of leadership development like yeah. I know it's big but let's go down that road what, what is that all about
1: well my background is in a, from a place of learning and development mm. so as a small business owner my responsibility when I realized that I couldn't do it all myself was that I had to hire and train people in order to do it the way that I thought it needed to be done and when I sold that business and then went into a corporate setting, I found myself again in a learning and development space. And my main responsibility was to do management training and leadership training. And so decades and decades and hundreds, of, hundreds and hundreds of leaders and managers, where I come to my conclusion about this thing called leadership development or leadership training, And the short livedness of it is, if you can just think back to your own personal training of everything that you've ever gone through in your professional life, you've gone to probably a time management class, a delegation class, how to build a team, and we're all fired up and we're ready to go. and We've got Mm -hmm. our skills and it's very tactical. And then we're faced with the moment where we have to actually put it into practice. And it's in that little space and time between what it is that we want to do Hmm. and what actually happens when the event occurs. It's that little space and time there that a lot of our leadership development can actually uh, fall off. And we end up reacting in a way that doesn't serve us well. Wow.
0: There's a, I'm sure it's on your shelf. Uh, It's uh, Pfeffer and Sutton, the knowing doing gap. Um and book read and written back in 2003, but that gap, that space between us knowing versus what we actually are about to do or going to do or thinking about doing, it, yeah. it's a small space. And I think for a lot of people, um, and everybody's a whole lot of people have knowledge. A whole lot of people have been educated. They've yeah. gone to trainings. They like you said, I, I've been a time management workshop. They're checking all these boxes, but what are the behaviors? What behavior transaction did you make to do something different as a result of engaging in that? And to me, what I hear you saying as a development person, that's really what this is a conversation about. And I think there's a level of sustainability that a lot of people haven't signed up for to develop into leadership. And so what things are you seeing as important characteristics for someone who is going to take on the journey to get better at leadership?
1: Yeah. So um, one of the soft spots that I have in my coaching practice is particularly for emerging or young female leaders who Mm. are coming into into their own, you know, they have done all the things like you just said, they've checked all the boxes, they've got their degrees, they've got their experiences, and now they're ready to step into the arena of actually leading teams or being the manager of managers or something bigger. And oftentimes what will trip them up is their own mind and it's their own selves. And so what what I have come to believe is that The training that we put ourselves through is valuable. It's important to learn good ways to delegate. It's important to learn good ways to manage our time. But that's a transactional way of looking at our development. And what we have to look at is the transformational shift that has to happen from our development. Meaning we have to understand why. Why is it that I can't delegate? Why is it that I can't speak up in meetings? What is it about this particular stressful situation that really gets me off center and either shuts me down or makes me yell um, and that's the piece that I think might be missing today
0: <laughs> wow wow and i and i think it's it's the understanding right and i in in that another one topic that's i think overly saturated this environment, particularly in what we're sitting in today with the covid nineteen uh mm-hmm. pandemic is this this idea and concept of emotional intelligence and people i believe they talk in macro when it comes to the eq side of this but really beginning to break down the tenets inside of emotional intelligence and what you just alluded to is a little is that self-awareness and that self-management portion of emotional intelligence and where are you finding leaders are and i'm asking you to generalize but where a lot of times is is that leader on the scale of self-awareness zero to ten where where are they generally at as they engage you as their coach
1: yeah oh i'll tell you that's such a a wonderful question it's a beautiful question because oftentimes there is Mm self-awareness there is self-awareness in that the client will sometimes say they know a a particular behavior about themselves Mm -hmm. and they'll even express it. Like they'll say, I know I lose my temper whenever Bob does this one thing, but Mm -hmm. it literally drives me crazy, you know? And so they have the awareness of the behavior and Mm -hmm. they even have the desire that they wish the behavior was different. Mm -hmm. But again, it's in that space between knowing how they want to respond in a situation to the actual what happens when that event occurs and that's the space that requires a little more inner work Mm -hmm. to figure out what is the real struggle here with that person what is it about this situation that makes me react in this way yeah and Mm -hmm. emotional intelligence goes about teaching us all the different emotions that we Mm -hmm. have and how we can self-regulate them but the real work is in understanding the moment, understanding the gap as you described it, uh, mm-hmm. and then choosing the right emotion to yeah. fit that particular event. Well, like you said, it, it's overused today because I can choose still to say I want to react calmly and, mm-hmm. and whatever. But when that event comes in and it hits my stuff, Boom, I get a reaction. Yeah. And so until we release that mental energy yeah. from our minds, until we get that inner critic under control in a way that we can understand why it's activated. Yeah. You know, you can go to leadership development training every morning and by noon something's gonna <laughs> yeah. something's gonna come up. You're gonna be right back in prison again. <laughs> exactly.
0: Well, and I and I and I think about myself in and, and how I've like gone in this trap of allowing my button to be pushed when I know what triggers me. And um, it's funny and oddly enough, and and my wife always gets on me because once I learn something, I use it every single day um, until I learn something new. Um, And she, in relationship, uh, brought up this concept of positive illusion. And in, again, the word illusion would make, oh, you're, you're, you're lying to yourself or like, no, it, I'm actually actively seeing something in a positive way, yeah. whether you intend it to be mean or negative or not, but I'm choosing yeah. to see it a certain way. And there's something to that as it pertains to mindset and as it pertains to emotional intelligence that I'm taking back control of how I'm going to see this situation. And I think for, cause I, I was that person, I mean, zero to 100, I'm all in. Right. And, and, in when, in when I was an army officer, I was ESTJ, I'm talking about high numbers, high side. But then over the last couple of years, as I began to do coach work and I always say the first client I have is myself. Everything I learned was for me first. And before I ever seen a client, I was like, I got to use this stuff on me and I got to communicate with me this way because I need to show myself empathy. I need to show myself compassion, but that, that concept of positive illusion, it's, you know what? I can choose how I see this. Yeah. Regardless of what you meant, that's on you. However you meant it is on you, but how I'm going to receive it, how I'm going to interpret it on my end so that it's healthy for me in the way that I react, I'm going to, Stephen Covey, assume the best until proven wrong, right? And, And for you in your work as a coach, when do you see people kind of turn the corner and that the light bulbs begin to go off?
1: There's a couple of um, aha moments that, come, that just came to mind as you were saying this. And, and I'm not saying this is what happens all the time, but this is what came up when you, when you asked this question, is when the client finally gets to the point where they begin to realize that they have an inner world and an outer world and that the outer world has absolutely nothing to do with them. That everything that happens in front of them, every interaction that they have with every person that they meet is a result of everything that's happened to that person prior to this particular event. And so it's when they can get that clear in their minds that this has nothing to do with me, that these events are in some ways almost neutral Mm -hmm. And that my attitude towards it is what assigns this energy that I give it. So that energy can be very catabolic where it's deconstructive and it takes away and it constricts and it makes us stressful. Or it can be more anabolic where we eventually can get to the place where it's a win-win, where we can actually observe what someone else is saying and doing and receive it as you described it in a way that we can say back to the situation, how can I make this the highest for you and I at this moment? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's in that realization that it isn't about them, that I oftentimes, uh, I get silence and that's when I know it's happening. Mm. <laughs> the client will just get silent and you can see them reflecting and the wheels are turning and then they begin to realize, you're right, this doesn't have anything to do with me. Wow.
0: Yeah. I, I think that's so powerful with that, that moment of clarity. Right. And it's almost like, man, and, and two things can happen. Right. And, and when they're in that mode and they're, they can either go start beating themselves up. Like, why did I let that last so long? Or the freeing moment of, yeah. I don't have, I don't, i don't have to go there again.
1: I'm not responsible for everybody's feelings and, oh, and everybody's God. actions. And they are not all trying to get me. <laughs> and sometimes we forget, you know, yeah. because something else will happen that triggers those yeah. same same emotions and the the mental energies we re- need to release yeah. our mental energies we've stored inside us mm. from the beginning of our lives. Yeah. And they just stay there. And, and so eventually it gets thinned out
0: mm. and you
1: get less and less reactive and you can be more responsive. Yeah. Um, but it it takes a bit of inner work and it takes mm-hmm. a bit of acknowledgement. But once there's that moment of getting it, mm-hmm. then it makes it easier.
0: Yeah, and I and I love the work that uh, me and you are both. You know, IPEC trained coaches and uh, doing yeah. that en- energy leadership work. And and uh, I would tell you again, the energy leadership uh, index assessment that I did for myself was was so freeing into that, that how I process information and the, just the level, I'm still, a, still three, six, um, which for most folks, I, I, uh, I lead first, I win. And I hope you want to win too. Um, I, I am full in and my numbers are actually even bigger now, um, but I can transition so much better now because I have that mindset that, hey, I'm not going to take charge of how somebody's going to feel. I'm gonna allow yeah. them, I'm being empathetic to hold the space for them. And I think yeah. when you talk about leadership development, that ownership of who's responsible for how people show up is important to model for people. And so, as you work with different leaders, how much of what they're experiencing has had really nothing to do with them individually, but just h- how much they absorbed from other people?
1: Yeah. Um... So I'm trying to think that through a little bit. And I think that is where leaders can get into trouble sometimes Mm -hmm. where they take on the energy, so to speak, or Mm -hmm. the attitude or um, the momentum that they get from, from those around them. Um, And that, that's not necessarily a good place to be um, because oftentimes you'll get into values conflicts when you do that. And I know you do a lot of values works. Mm -hmm. Um, You get into a lot of assumptions when you put yourself in that space. And so having this inner knowing of, of what your values are and what you stand for and, and that not everything that occurs in the world is around you and is about you helps you to stay more objective when things around you may turn chaotic. And as a leader, they're probably going to at some point every day turn a little bit chaotic. Somebody's gonna bring you a problem. Some a problem is gonna spring up that you weren't expecting. But if you can stay centered in what's really true for you and release the mental energy that gets us to react to situations. Um, and you know that mental energy gets trapped inside of us because when we experience something we don't like, we just hold on to it because we don't want to experience it. Mm -hmm. Um, And the the thing that I sort of, I've heard other people say is, you know, when you're driving down the road and you come across the skunk that's been killed in the road, you wouldn't trap the smell of that skunk, put it in a jar and take it home with you so that you never ever forget what a skunk smells like. So you never ever have to experience it again. Yeah, That's literally what we do with bad experiences or evil experiences or, you know, is we hold on to them so that we never, ever forget. Yeah. Oh, it never happens again. And that's what has to get released so that we can remain objective and really find fulfillment at work.
0: Yeah. Wow. And wow. So so the reason why I'm going there because so you you identified I do some values work, but I also as of late have been uh, approaching the topic of unconscious bias as well. And this, the inner storyteller yeah. that we, we hold on to. And, and, we, we also know them as gremlins, um, in yes. those blind spots that, man, the notion that th- we hold on to traumatic things and we could tell a story a million times and not ever get to the point where we're at, Oh man, I trapped the smell and I keep bringing the smell with me everywhere. Everywhere
1: that, I go. In every and, interaction, <laughs> in
0: every inter- and like, and that's why people are giving me the stinky face.
1: That's right. Because
0: they smell it, they see it, they're feeling it along with me. And and again, it's those unconscious things that, if they aren't addressed, can eat away at us. And people can feel it, and we can project it. Um, and I, and I like to call them uh, people's life and life hurt, work hurt, and all those other things. And as leaders, you have to understand people are going to come with their own versions of it. But yep. what you can't do is just, I mean, I love that. You can't bottle the stench. Don't bottle the stench. And I think that's the old definition of empathy, is that I need to be able to put myself in your shoes.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. And that, that was the definition that I got told it got told for years. But you're able to walk a mile in their shoes. Like I don't like their shoes first of all, but then to me, I degrade that experience that they had. And for me, I need to understand more than anything why it's that big of a thing for them. And once I understand, then I, okay, I could be in position to then hold space for them individually in an authentic way. So they know I see them, I hear them, And I value them. And I think that's the part of empathy where leaders really need to come up on. And so as you do your work and what's people are listening. Why choose Brenda to partner with?
1: Yeah. Well, particularly in the arena of leadership and business Um, and again, that little soft spot for me, for female leaders. I think one of the reasons why people would want to call and work with Brenda is because she's been there. Mm. I've sat there. I've been burned out twice. I'm a slow learner, Lawrence. (laughs) 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 Twice it happened. And I, you know, and I thought that it was everything outside of me that was causing me stress. And if I could just break free of that, uh, life would be wonderful. I realized that the validation that I was seeking in order to make myself feel worthy um, really was, quite frankly, seeking validation from a person that wasn't even alive anymore. Hmm. And as ridiculous as that sounds, that's the kind of thing, the kind of work that we can do, because it doesn't really matter if we find out where the pain came from and all Mm -hmm. that's therapy i'm not a therapist i'm a coach and i'm with you right here in the present to Mm -hmm. say what is it that's getting in the way what's causing the struggle to keep you from doing the things that you want to do and how do we fill that gap in with your inner knowing that you are worthy and you are capable and that it's all gonna it's all gonna work out now Don't misunderstand me when I say it's all gonna work out that that means that everybody's gonna be wonderful, you're gonna succumb to everybody's bad behaviors and just accept it and swallow it and it's all over. That is not the case. The world isn't gonna be perfect, it's not gonna be just, there's gonna be bad things happen, you're gonna have pain, but what you're not gonna do is bottle it and carry it with you uh, for all of your life and have it get in the way of you enjoying the next moment that's in front of you because you're holding on to a painful moment that occurred in the past. And I think that's the benefit of coaching and, yeah. um, and the energy work and all of that, I yeah. think, is, is why people would call and work with me.
0: I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> I love it, love it, love it. So they need to be able to find you. Yeah. So how, how do they find you?
1: Yeah, well, I have a website, brindabairdcoaching.com. And you can reach me through that website. That's probably the easiest. There's a way for you to send me an email there. There's a way to book time on my calendar. Learn a little bit more about me. And then you can also follow me on Instagram and Facebook. And that's at Brenda Baird Coaching. So yeah.
0: Brenda, thank you so much for spending time with me today and sharing uh your goodness with the world.
1: Oh, you too! I'm glad we put a time limit on it because I think you and I could probably talk about this forever.
0: <laughs> I, I was just thinking, I was like, Brenda's coming back on. We, we gotta talk. We gotta go deeper into this. We, we're gonna talk more. So, hey, stay tuned for more with Brenda.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Lawrence.
0: Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in into today's episode. And remember, actions over ideas always win. Be on the lookout for more episodes coming soon.